Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. And welcome to the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Your podcast where you go through a portal, find yourself in a room full of lots of treasure, and see a purple dragon hovering and glaring at you. He's no Puff the Dragon. <laughs> Tonight we are continuing our series on adding Fringeworthy 2, and we are taking Professor Pixie's unique bent on things and video game worlds. And this, and this is a it, well, no, it is because we've discussed okay, Toon Worlds and their Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. You're you're putting a different spin on it because video game worlds are still stories; it's just a different medium. Yes. So we're playing to your strengths here. Now we've already done Pokemon. We've already done Legend of Zelda. Tonight we're doing sort of two worlds in one. You want to take this one, Professor? Yes. As he said with the purple dragon, this one will be dealing with Spyro the Dragon and Crash Bandicoot. All right. I think we discussed enough of Spyro. Now, Crash Bandicoot, due to what you said, three games were linked together where they just, they share. Three games were linked together where Spyro runs into Crash on different occasions. Okay. So let us talk about. Crash Bandicoot. Let me get... I'll read the the blurb here on his wikia page. Crash Bandicoot is the main protagonist of the Crash Bandicoot series. Originally planned to be named Willy the Wombat, he is an eastern bard bandicoot living life on North Sanity Island. Ensanity. Ensanity. So, okay. There is a lot of puns on certain words. Ensanity. I see what they did there. Yes. Okay. Who was captured and evolved by Dr. Neo Cortex. Oh my god. Through the series, Cortex is Crash's usual archenemy and is always defeated by Crash in order to keep peace around the island. Crash is often accompanied by his ally, Aku Aku, the secondary protagonist. In the earlier games, he tended to say, whoa, whenever he got killed. In the later games, he spoke gibberish with a very basic knowledge of the language spoken in the game. Yes. Aku Aku is a floating mask. Yes, Aku Aku is a floating TV Okay, mask. let's see. He was evolved, captured and evolved by Dr. Neo... Okay, so Before I'm I'm he... sensing a massive tech disparity. If you are evolving something, an animal into an anthropo, that would be PL six level technology, genetic yes. engineering. Yes, so, that is what Cortex and those other humans like him are capable of. So, are Crash and Spyro on the same planet? They are on the same planet. So that means you're coming through in this portal. And you deal with all this stuff with Spyro, and then you get out and about, and all of a sudden you're realizing, okay, this is Earth Prime level technology. We have anthrop- humans and anthropomorphic animals. More than Earth Prime. 
Earth Prime and early campaign starts at PL6. That is in Fringeworthy D20. Yeah, but but the in, to evolve animals into a sentient humanoid, um, that's PL7. This would be late PL6. Yeah. Maybe late. early PL7. And considering, we're, you know, like I said before, considering how far out this world is, it's probably, you know, Earth Prime probably is in there in PL7 or early. Well, yeah, because let's see, this is positive 60. Oh, that's definitely at least middle campaign. Definitely middle campaign, possibly edging toward the late campaign. Remember, folks, middle campaign is six to 20 years after fringe discovery. Late campaign is 20 years on. So we're talking, if you're hitting this world, positive 60 node, you're already probably 10 years. So we're, we said 2013 was for, so we're talking already 2023 to 2025 when they're hitting Earth oh, Prime with all the tech that they found. Well, on the, they, found they would be at PL7. They would go, oh, you're genetic engineering. You're splicing animal and human DNA, or you are merely evolving this animal into a human form. So yeah, this is PL6 to PL7 to be, tech. It, he seems to be started out as a normal bandicoot. Normal bandicoot. In Australia. I'm reading I'm reading it right here. It says they caught they caught them in Australia. Yes. That right there links it that this is an Earth. Yep. yep. Boom. And the dragons, uh, the dragons live like in you know, an island in the middle of the sea, you know, or yeah. We it would be nice a, if we had a, a map it's of this. A mix of them because of how I or a pineapple, but you know, pineapple under the sea. No, wrong character. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, but uh, I'm looking at the Evolvo Ray. The Evolvo Ray is a machine built by Doctor Neo Cortex and Doctor Nitrous Brio. Right, <laughs> Again, Spyro attack. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see. I'm seeing a picture here. Uh, John, go to spyro.wikia.com slash wiki slash dragon realms, and there is a picture of the dragon realms as a map. Yeah, and I'm waiting for Josie to, this and picture it's to. to okay. Load. All right, let me. It doesn't want to load for me. But it's, oh, it's... Let, me, let me get down here because I'm on the same page. Let me click back. Bingo. Attack of the Rhinox. Ah, uh, that would be... Bingo, yeah. Mine. There is an island with big rabbit ears sticking out. Okay. There is an island with a banana on it. Yes, this is the Dragon Realms as depicted in Spyro Attack of the Rhinox. Okay, yeah. But this is just these islands that are the Dragon Realms, and I'm assuming elsewhere on this planet you would have to boat or whatever. Well, boat because this is a PL2... Boat or boat or some type of air creature or vehicle to get to the modern day Crash Bandicoot lands where tech is very similar, if not slightly advanced, than Earth Prime. Right. Okay, so yeah, I see the I see the gallery maps and they show yeah this island and uh, there's a big money vault. Scrooge McDuck must live there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and there's a techno looking that- ball next to the banana island. Yeah. Yeah. What this is is basically a depiction of the map. It's it's as per the game. It's probably not exactly what they look like. But it gives you a good idea of the relations. So this is also where um, 
Nork, uh, Nasty Nork lives too, then, right? Well, this one is shown from a game that we're that Nasty Nork doesn't even feature in, so I don't know if the junkyard would be seen on here. It doesn't look like it. Not based on the images of that one that we have. Okay. Yeah, that would be something cool to see the entire game world of the Dragon Realms and Crash's Lands all on a world map. It that would, would rock. Cool. I take it that there's I, none out there. There's none out there because no, I don't think anybody else has tried. Like, yeah, that together. would be a one of the they've the only, 13th Herculean labor. Yeah, they've <laughs> only been linked together through happenstance meeting between Crash and Spiral. Okay, so it's not like these two go adventuring. No. Commonly, they bumped nope. into each other. They know it's like the early days of Arrow and Flash. They know each other. They've worked together a few times. They can rely. Each other. Yeah, okay, they've he's cool. Worked together like once, and that was when Cortex and Ripto teamed up. Oh, okay. All right. At that point, yeah, the two decided we're going to team up and try and turn the heroes against each other. And then the heroes turn on them, which is pretty much like Car for the coast. Well, it's like Batman v Superman, yeah. Now, one thing because we were talking about being, you know, the human lands being more PL six PL early PL seven. Yeah. One thought is, well, so are the dragon lands only they're not on the techno scale; they're on the magic scale. Yeah. Well, what I do with what I do with that is okay, equivalent to now if you're having like. Techno magic powered uh, mills and clockwork machinery. Yeah, that's still PL three PL four, but I just say it's due to techno magic. I th- the higher things that you do see in the dragon realms would probably would most likely be due to techno magic. So it's so the only reason that they're PL three is due to techno magic. It's not due to they're not they're not really technologically inclined. They. They don't see any need for it. They just use magic to augment to make cooler stuff. Yeah. Hence the tech level raise, so to speak. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. So the ma- so their magic this basically takes the place of, I mean, you know, they can probably use magic to emulate the Evolve Array just as well as the Evolve Array emulates their magic to transform yeah. critters. Because you know? it's essentially a technological version of that Awaken spell. Yeah, yeah, we've had Experience we, with the awakened spell had, in, in my game. Yeah. This, but yes, the Evolve Array would be a technological version of that spell. Yeah. So makes me wonder what happens if you put a person in the booth and turn it on. What was that term from Red Dwarf? And plus, <laughs> of course, you end up being a cyborg that's six inches tall with an arm cannon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I bought a logger to take care of it. Yeah. It's one good way to ruin a Vindaloo's with a lager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think here she'd be giggling her butt off right yeah. now. Um, Cortex wanted what the original plan was to evolve Crash and make him evil so he could be Cortex's general. Uh, the, there's a lot of the, underestimation in these the making, games. <laughs> the making him evil part didn't exactly work. Yeah, that, 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 how'd that turn out for you there, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> Crash kind of escaped and ran off. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Generally appears as an orange humanoid bandicoot with a black nose, thick eyebrows, green eyes, and reddish-brown hair in his head, styled into a typical mohawk. Crash's main attire consists of a pair of blue denim jeans, which gain metal plates on the knees and twin sanity, pink boxers with red hearts on them, 
and a pair of silver, red and tag team racing onward, Chuck Taylor All-Star Converses. Although he can don other tires in the air, such as scuba diving gear, bike jacket, and numerous others. He can also be seen with bingo's gloves almost exclusively except for, and he names the four, in Crash of Times except for GBA Mobile. He has no gloves to reveal black tribal tattoos on his hands for replace with cinnamon watermark tattoos in Mind Over Mutant. The tattoos not appear in this one. Okay, yeah. And they're switching off various things, but... He also has a hoverboard. Silver or red Chuck Taylor All-Star Converse. Hey, you're going to go. Go with a classic tennis shoe, man. So yeah. this sounds like it's also a parallel world. Well, it's a story verse, so that's, that takes care of it. And I know we have arguments with Bruce about what a parallel world is. A parallel world never once came, you know, they, it, alternate worlds are always branches off of one, off of one timeline. Parallel worlds have never met the other timeline, but they have lots of things in common, like court, like converses and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's because there's no way in heck converses would show up in this world. Right. Right. Oh, unless he could have found them, you know, somebody could have left them here, you know, from another earth. Hey, but if it's modern day, yeah, then it's it's modern day, this area where they got PL6 technology and it's Australia. Yeah, they would, yeah, they would have made them. We can just consider the Dragon Realms to be a small part, like in the South Pacific, you know, not many Probably people get there. Is. Yeah. And the rest of the world has gone on in advance. So I'm seeing the Dragon Realms as a small, out-of-the-way area, where, out of the way area, and the rest of the world is near future. That's the way I'm seeing this. There doesn't seem to be very many humans mentioned. I always got the impression that these are all different small areas and whatnot, mm. and they don't interact that much with each other. Uh, oh, oh, for a second there, I thought it crashed. Yeah, well, <laughs> the plug came out. I'm, I'm wired mm -hmm. in, actually, but hardwired, but the plug came out the as I moved. The plug comes out sometimes. So, yeah. So That's why so the what, picture wouldn't load for me. So what I'm seeing with this... Shared world. Okay, let the personality. Um, Naughty Dog once referred reference the development of Crash as a character both goofy and heroic, and being able to portray it well. Originally took the role of a silent protagonist and thus expressed a little of his personality or opinions, though in more recent games he's played a larger role. His personality is hard to pinpoint, sometimes varying from game to game. Throughout the series, he's always been shown willing to help and very attentive to others, but overall is a very wacky, cartoonish personality. In simple terms, he's a tornado. Yeah. Great. So it's Daffy Duck. Yeah. It's also magic. I mean, Aku Aku is, uh, was it Aku Aku is a uh, floating mask? Yeah. Is it which doctor whose spirit now lives in a wooden mask who guides Crash, his sister Coco, and their friends as they defeat the forces of evil? So, yeah, even though they have high tech, this is, I would say, most things here are pro concerning. It's not high tech. It's, it's, it's. Probably techno magic again. It's probably more techno magic. They probably have advanced. The rest of the world has probably advanced their techno magic much, much, much higher than the dragon realms. Right, because the dragons don't see any with nature. the trappings of science. Yeah. So that evolve ray very well may be a techno magic version of the awakened spell. It could just be using that spell. Yes. Dr. Neo Cortex most likely is probably an artificer, i.e. a maker of magical items and technomagic say, items. I would say, yes, he's an artificer. Yeah, and I'm using he that makes... term not only as a maker of magic items, but even 
okay, for some of you, the artificer base class in the Eberron setting, where your job specifically is to make and augment magic items. I want to have full strength. Fine. I cast the spell on my vest. I'm wearing the vest. I gain that ability. That type of artificer. Yeah. I'm also wondering if, if I was to do this in Savage Worlds, it most of it probably would, might be a bit of a weird science thing where where it works just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've gotten recent experience with Savage Worlds. I got to play, finally, Savage Wrist with Sean Patrick Fan and Account the Cop. So, yeah, I'm seeing a little more of the rules now. These This type of um, artificing, the techno magic, would definitely fall into the weird science campaign. Weird science uh, edge. And it may also be a type that it works great for the doc. Why aren't you going to work for anyone else? You know, or if the doc is nowhere near it, it won't work. Basically, he's got to be present for it to work because, well, there's a bit of him, a bit of him in it. Yeah. That's somehow that's sometimes how weird science works. It works for it works great for the person who made it. it never works for anyone else, or at least not consistently. So, like his evolvo ray may may actually may may not function for anyone else unless he happens to be nearby. <laughs> you never know. Cortex, the short-tempered, reckless, having no apparent conscience, and frequently manipulating others to get what he wants. Mm, okay. Because, uh, like many stereotypical villainous mad scientists, Cortex holds a grudge against other scientists for ridiculing his outlandish yet workable ideas and was originally driven towards world domination by the desire to prove his colleagues wrong. I'll show them all! <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll teach them not to laugh at me. <laughs> yep. Uh, this later on that Seems to no longer be the case, as he ends up working on the under the orders of Uka Uka, basically evil version of Aku Aku. Okay. One with the only two individuals that Cortex fares. Hmm. Yeah, that mess looks nasty. <laughs> yeah. Every version looks nasty. <laughs> Although he, although Cortex talks big and acts confident in most of his appearances, he can be shown to be quote become nervous, sometimes downright spineless, when put in the face of extreme da- extreme and immediate danger, i.e., confronting Oka Oka, running out of ammo while fighting enemies, etc. Okay. He's got the classic inferiority complex and superiority complex. So he's trying to overcompensate by, yeah. He's trying to overcompensate, and he has an ego. <clears throat> Is he short? Well, he, yeah. Because if he's short, that's not going to help his case either, then. No, nah, looking at picture, he's the same size as Crash Bandicoot, but then it doesn't mean anything. Crash Bandicoot could be short. <laughs> they don't actually mention heights and speed. Well, if it's a humanoid Bandicoot, it could be three feet tall, it could be six feet tall. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah, of course. I'm looking at Crunch Bandicoot. He's definitely in in the six to seven feet tall range. <laughs> you know, he's basically Arnold. They <laughs> uh, don't show pictures in relationship. Where's the cast picture? You know. Oh, okay. There's a picture. 
Uh, no, it's scratch, scratch six to seven feet tall. Make it more like seven to eight feet tall. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's what Crunch is? Yeah, he's huge. Oh, yeah, there's a picture of him in, in Crash's house. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's, he, yeah, he's seven to eight feet tall. If 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 Crash is normal five to six feet tall, he's seven to eight feet tall. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, he has another good picture right here too. Yeah, it shows Crash, Coco, and Crunch, and Crunch is literally a head and a half taller. <laughs> you know, okay. not counting his boots, he's a head and a half taller. Then wow. crash. Yeah, I'm just looking at the cast page because it is very emotional character, like quick to laugh and quick to cry. While he's a danger loving, fearless nature, loves good fight, prefers relaxing, son rarely seeks out trouble deliberately. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a category called humans. Here we go. More humans. Crash's intelligence level is something of a question since he's literate and actually made a comment that brain damage would not be much of a danger to him. Although this may be a T, especially he's shown to be smart enough to prevent Cortex's attempts by ditching him in Twin Sands, he's been able to outsmart various bosses far more powerful than himself in the past. Things he does that seem dumb could best be attributed to his obvious immaturity and impulsive nature. His illiteracy is probably just because he sees no reason to speak English, especially as Aku can understand him anyway. His sense of right and wrong is also intact. He helps out those in need, and those Cortex normally tried to destroy him. Crash did not object to teaming up with him. Voiced by Patrick Warburton. No, no, but anyway... <laughs> Oh, that image. Well, no, the whole thing no, no, with no, 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 no. with the tick. Yeah. Here. What in <laughs> what? Wait, who? That would be Cortex dressed as Coco. No, I almost forgot. See, it's a good thing that existed. you know, folks. We're we're taping this on Thanksgiving Eve, so I'm off tomorrow. I won't be getting sleep after seeing that anyway. So that. <laughs> I. Oh, now uh, looking at the voices. Yeah, uh, Ward Burton is not has not done any of the voices. So yeah, I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> for Crunch, but you know, I can... yeah. <laughs> uh, then the... so yeah, so we're going out past the Dragon Realms. We get out of that. We get to the rest of the world, which we would see. Okay, yeah, it's pretty much Earth, other than these little archipelago of these islands. We're on Earth. Cool. And then we see, you know, these humans, and again, these humans would look like this in the game. We would get there, and they would look like normal humans. And then we would see this anthropomorphic humanoid bandicoot and just be going, okay then, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, no, I'm looking at pictures of some of the various doctors. Um, you know what? They would actually work as their actual representation. Like the guy, the, the Nefer- Doctor Nefarious well, Tropy. It it could be a a thing that humans just evolved that way on this world. Yeah, or Doctor Doctor Engine. Engine is described as being a cyborg. Yeah, and so is Doctor Nefarious Tropy too. Uh, in fact, the only person that looks close to being human is a tribesman. <laughs> I went into the character section and went and they look. Oh, look, humans! So yeah, it's basically I would say if you were to pick them realistically, they would look like a Polynesian tribesman. Okay. 
you know, and uh, but the rest all look weird. <laughs> so let's see abilities that Crash has, because we've already discussed Spyros. Oh, several powers, uh, physical prowess and endurance, enhanced strength. Uh, considerable damage to titans and other creatures such as Tiny is able to pick up Crunch and slam him on the ground over and over again. Okay, so so Crunch or Crash is super strong. Enhanced agility. Very agile, able to jump more than his own body height into the air with a standard jump as well as pull a double jump with similar vertical lift. Enhanced stamina. Uh, run and fight serve for a long period of time. Okay. Enhanced speed. Enhanced reflexes. Enhanced durability. Contortionist. Cyclone spinning, expert combatant, combat specialist, wall crawling, titan jacking, titan new skills to jack stunned enemies with the help of Akko Akko and use them against other enemies. Okay. Natural abilities can dig. Mind control immunity. Well, yeah, we already figured out that since he... Why, yeah. That was why the thing initially failed to... And he's got other things. Let's that. see. Super belly flop, double jump, death tornado, bazooka, crash dash, tiptoe, super slide, rocket jump. So basically, Crash is a very physical character. Very, yes. Straight up, where where Spiral has a lot of magical abilities and energy abilities, Crash is the get in, wade into the battle, and just send Going people swinging. flying. Yeah. Meanwhile, Spyro would be back in the distance providing artillery and air support. Yep. These two would be a very devastating team against an IDET. Yes. who has guns and body armor, and here comes this humanoid bandicoot with a dragon flying overhead providing air support. You would, let's you, just say, you want them on your side as opposed to against let, you. We're glad they're the good guys. He's also, he's another person I would say would, would be chaotic good. Um, I mean, cause oh, he, yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically, sh- he's, yes. he's described as goofy yet heroic. Yeah. yeah, it goes off in the other direction where where um, Spyro's a bit serious. He's sort of like, oh, 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 hi, watch this, bang! Ow, why'd you hit me in the nose? Because it's funny. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but he has a girlfriend, <laughs> unlike uh, Spyro. Yeah, I'm all yeah. I'm- <laughs> she has a girlfriend, yes, but that girlfriend is only mentioned once. Hmm. Yeah. Other traits. Let's see um, here. Uh, extremely limited vocabulary. Pretty speaking unintelligible gibberish. Chronic carrier fleas. Also loves wumpa fruit. Yeah, so needless to say, I think Spyro would probably be the conversationalist of the two, and Aku Aku would have to be his translator. Yes. Because the you're gonna want around, you're gonna want to have the these two together. Him can understand as well. Whoa. Pancakes! Yeah. Yeah. But I'm seeing that, yeah, definitely Spyro will be the one that you'll be talking to, and then you'll be, oh my gosh, a humanoid bandicoot, he's very powerful. Then you hear him speak, and you're like, what did he just What say? an idiot. <laughs> no. Physically, he's great. Mentally, I, I want him in a fight, but don't have him as our diplomat. Yeah. Mentally, he's not all there. <laughs> yeah, and then you meet Coco, and, when, and you look at her, and you look back at him, and you look at her, and said, "Okay." Coco carries around a laptop. Yeah, that says everything. I'm looking at her abilities: scientific genius, level intellect. 
uh, genius level intellect. So basically, she's basically, yeah. Oh, she was able to construct an entire warp room in the house for traveling across the globe. Okay, she's in the same level as as um, as the rest of the mad scientists on this world. Yeah, except she's not mad. Are you sure she's dating? She's dating Crash. Yeah, come on. <laughs> she's not dating him. It's a sibling relationship. Oh, oh. so besties, kind of. Yeah, yeah. brother sister. Okay, yeah. So she got all the brains, and he got all the brawn. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh no, but I'm seeing here. No, from what I'm reading, she no, Crash more... is a butt kicker. This Pat guy, Crash is a butt kicker. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at these abilities now, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, no, I would not. I I would have to have the heavy artillery or have Commonwealth level technology, like a biotech based heavy kind of cannon to take him down if I got into a fight with him. If yeah. I was an ident, and, and needless to say, if you're meeting Crash and he's not visiting Spyro, you're going to be pretty far from the portal. You're going to be left to your own devices and going to have to outsmart. Which it seems to be done because it looks like it, it can be done rather easily if you're just dealing with Crash. Right, but if he's got Spyro with him, given if providing he's got, if he's got anyone else with him, yeah, Aku, but especially Aku. Spyro with the magical air support yeah yeah then you're you're done you just you've signed on for a very bad day um right if you got them coming after you you did something wrong yeah you are you've made some poor life choices (laughs) (laughs) or what's that south park thing you're gonna have a bad time you made this is the master of poor life choices right here yep there you go bad decisions yep but so okay (laughs) So this world that we pretty much fleshed out based on what we've seen on their separate wikias, other than the Dragon Realms, and I would assume probably that it's in the ocean, so we're going to say the South Pacific. Other than that, it is pretty much planet Earth in the near future, I'd say maybe 25, 30 years in the future. So mid-21st century where technology's gotten to be a little higher. And you're dealing with Humans turning animals into anthropomorphs. There's magic involved, which means this is a high technomagic world. But as you get farther away from the dragon realms, that technomagic looks more like what an idet would see as technology. Right. It looks more and more like it looks more techno. And you did. You did mention that there were anthropomorphs over in the dragon realm too. So either. Well, yeah. Yes. So the dragons were using the Awakened spell there as well. So, yeah, maybe that's where Neocortex got his idea from. Okay, yeah. Maybe. It doesn't mention anything like that happening. Avalar being the home of most of these anthropomorphic animals. It's in a different location of the world than the dragon realms. Okay. All right. They seem to have just naturally evolved that way. Okay. So but as as I'm that seeing, that could have also been where Cortex got the idea. Yeah, if, if it can naturally happen, maybe I can make it happen. Force it to happen, yeah, and hence making using the awakened smell to make some type of techno magic, or as they use in Doctor Nick Palmer's Modern Adventures, 
a gizmo or future tech to, yeah, I'm going to, well, I don't know. Future tech, I think you can only do up to fourth level spells, so you would not be able to make an awaken ray. It would have to be a one shot kind of GM fiat type thing. Right. He because he is a villain, it. therefore. He, he yeah. does, he, it doesn't mention really that he's used it very often. If anything, he's just used it on those particular bandicoots. Yeah. And a few others. Um, there was one called Dingo Dial. Okay. And that one was a reasonable success, at least in his mind. I, I do like that they've merged this, and I, I do like that we've managed to flesh this out. Basically, That's one of the things we do here on the podcast. We will get scant amounts of information and logically flesh things out to a reasonable conclusion, because we've done that. John, when we do our uh, our one, you know, we do the, the oh, we're going to talk about the Golden Horde or the Romans or the Victorians, and we flesh out all this stuff based on one page of information. We're kind of doing this now again with the with these two realms because of what they've said. Talking about this reminds me of um, a certain little island in, was it in the, in the Atlantic where uh, Amazons live? Oh yeah, you know, and they don't get involved until until Yalsai World gets involved with them. Yeah, <laughs> the dragons are probably the same way too. They don't get involved in world affairs. It's nothing. It's, it's you, as long as you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. But you start yeah. messing with the dragons, they get involved. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, their first their first meeting was literally Crash kind of bumped into him. While he was trying to, I believe he was trying to stop Cortex. Okay. Something they kind of bumped into Spyro. Okay. Okay, that 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 brings a whole different thing in here. Yeah, I, yeah. From what I've seen of Skylanders, yeah, but Skylanders is my impression is Skylanders is a bit like um, um, Smash Brothers over the Nintendo world. It's basically hmm. where you dump everything, all you know, and except uh, they've come up with far more new stuff. Yeah, they've just been bringing in the existing characters mm-hmm. as they go on. Here you go. Okay, Crash and Cortex just mark the fifth and sixth ones they brought in like that. Oh, we go, Spiral Orange. There we go. That's when he was in Spiral Orange. What was the actual game? Yes. Yeah, a spiral orange. So it wasn't Skylanders. Yay, we can. That's that's for another time. The Cortex Conspiracy and Crash Bandicoot Purple Ripto's Rampage. Okay. And I wasn't even looking at the dang listing. Okay. All right. Do we want to try to wrap this up? Do you think we've flushed this out enough? I think we have. Okay. Really. All right. If the. But yeah, if the team goes farther out from the portal, they'll find more familiar, more familiar looking. But they'll realize because remember the mage has already determined. Yeah, magic works, and he'll be casting more to tech magic. Yeah, I wonder if they got magic. Here. Yeah, everything here is techno magic. Their entire society. It looks techy, but it's all magic run. Which means if they've got fusion power, they've basically harnessed elementals. There are four spirits called the elementals. Okay. That, that that you end up having to fight. So well, then there you go. Lesser is, versions. Right. 
Well, no. When in in the second world tech tree that I showed you, harnessing elemental fire and lightning is what would give you the techno magic equivalent of fusion reactors. Okay. So that's but what yes, I mean because you, if but, you uh, because those four exist. Yeah, harnessing elementals that. So that you could, be- yeah. So you would have PL six technology, and and I kind of see using techno magic. It's kind of like how the Termelon did. Oh, we're doing biotech, biotech. Oh, we've hit a plateau. Okay, we're going to go back to hard tech to buy tech this or bypass this. Okay, now we can keep going biotech, biotech. Oh, we've hit another plateau. Yeah, they, it could be the same thing. Yeah, though here it looks like I'm looking at back to good old Dr. Nefarious Tropy. He's able to warp space. Okay. That sort of means that that kind of, and also he's also deals with time, which sort of goes hand in hand. Uh, if he's warping, now is he using devices to do this or is this an inborn power? The time twister machine. Yeah. Okay, if you're dealing with time travel, that's at least PL8, if not higher. Well, he's using crystals, though. That's fine. Then he's magic, then magical time travel. Still, time travel doesn't start till around PL8. The the crystals seem to act as power sources for various things. Yeah. Yeah. And we talk about that. I can't believe I forgot that bit. We did talk about discussing the crystals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the crystal entry. Yes, they are. Oh, wow. So crystals known as power crystals. Stones in the Japanese version. Basically, they're batteries. Really powerful batteries. Source like gems. Yeah. Do they ever run out or do they just keep going? It seems like they it they just keep running it seems like they keep running but the larger your thing you're looking to run the more crystals you'll need to run it obviously yeah and in that case what they could be doing i'm going to take a little hint from the the uh, mythology of our world they could be tapping into the ambient mana or they work best if you put them in the right place like where there's yeah right placement due to like you know in the cardinal positions or whatever or yeah. ley lines or something ley like. lines. there we go if yeah you put crystals near ley lines they'll so they're concentrators they concentrate magical energy and they convert it over to wherever you need okay yeah that that makes sense yeah, so he can make a time machine because he's listed as was he listed as self-proclaimed master of time and quantum warp technology. That's the bit that makes you going, my ears go, Burp. quantum warp? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely PLA technology we're talking there. Because that's even past anti-grab. It's probably... So we're talking... Okay, so we can... It's on- a very mixed tech level. Well, world. so we can say that, okay, we're saying all this high-tech, uh, low PL6, high PL7. No, they are straight PL7. PL8 would be the cutting edge stuff. This society in which Crash Bandicoot is in, where you had a human evolve a Bandicoot into an anthropomorphic animal, that's straight PL7 across the board. This time-twisting thing, that's the cutting edge PLA technology. So on this world, we're going from a Technomagic PL2 to to 3 
And then you get away from the Dragon Realms, and we're shooting up to Techno Magic 7, approaching 8. Right. And that's where the... This is a massive the, tech disparity. That's, that's where gonna, the humans live. Yeah, that's going to be... You look at Crash's house, he doesn't live like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I would say it's it's comparable. Because I would say that the, the, the older dragons, the more powerful dragons... Oh, yeah. Basically, they're, they're, they're equivalent of, let's call it ML, ML7 or ML8. Okay. Magically. Basically, you know, it's comparable. Otherwise, they would have taken the, one or the other would have taken the other out. And they're basically, nope, they, they ain't happening because the humans know you take on the dragons, the dragons will, will eat you. But the dragons also know they can't take over the humans because the humans will, well, eat them. So Well, because the dragon realms look like they're relatively small compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. The and dragons, yeah, they may be powerhouses in and of themselves, but the but humans are still it's, it's, billions upon billions of people. That the humans will just beat them well, on sheer numbers. As, the humans aren't described as really being that numerous. So is this going to be like the Pokemon world where we figure it's about half the amount of numbers of humans? There's probably more anthropomorphic animals than... Okay, so we'll, we'll probably say still a, about three to four billion people still. Right. That's more than enough where the dragons still, are going, okay. It's, it's not that the dragons would if they could. The dragons really don't care. Yeah. They don't care to interfere with anyone else. You leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. Yeah. It sounds like that they, they just are like, okay, the dragon arms, yeah, they're a bunch of low-tech. Yeah, they're dragons. They don't use tech. Fine, whatever. They have nothing. We we Everything we found with magic, we need, and we have our tech level right. set. Yeah. So it's pretty much the others we really don't. don't they, can, they the humans realize. don't care about the dragons because you have nothing to offer, and the dragons are like, you use all that, that tech stuff over there. You're perverting it's magic to make all that a, stuff. No, get away. It's just more of a mutual... Eh. We'll just leave each other alone. Yeah. Okay. There's really no point in either side bothering the other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and they say, you know, no one wants to invade the dragon realms because they'd lose. But conversely, as you pointed out, invading the human realms is, well, there's only so many dragons and there's a lot more humans out there. Yeah. And um, these dragons... Well, remember, a lot of them were also turned to crystal statues. A lot of them were turned to crystal statues, but they were able to be turned back. Okay. Spyro did free all the dragons. Yeah. They got better. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that reference. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. Once, well, every 12 years, there's an event called the Year of the Dragon. Okay. Where the name of the third game comes from. Okay. But the new generation of dragons is born that year. Okay. So, basically, they're the dragon eggs. They they incubate for a very long time. Okay, so it's not these dragons are are reproducing when they're twelve. They, it's okay. All right. It's that the the egg once it's laid, it'll incubate for that long. It'll be it'll hatch twelve years later. Oh, okay. I suppose it's better than gestation. Yeah. But it looks like yeah, this is no reason because I'm reading through this and let's actually look up the year of the dragon the wiki and it's they get 150 new dragons. Wow. Those are, that is the new generation of dragons that for that year of the dragon, yes. Hmm. So, yeah. You ain't keeping up, folks. 
the humans are outbreeding you. Or actually, the humanoids are outbreeding you. Gotta say it that way. Yeah. Right. So, do they have rabbit people? Yes. Um, then they're breeding even quicker then. Because, <laughs> you know, you when said, the Bible be fruitful and multiply, and the rabbits seem to have only read that part of the Bible. Yes. Bianca is a rabbit girl who used to serve the sorceress. First appeared in Spyro, Year of the Dragon. Minor antagonist. Reminds me of Babs Bunny from, uh... Yeah. Tiny Toons. Yeah. Became an ally after learning about what the sorcerer's true intentions were regarding the newborn dragons. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. Oh, and they also have possums, too. I see Pasadena opossum. A a good um, source to make anthropomorphic animals in OGL. Uh, Scorched Earth Games has about four or five PDFs called Fursona. F-U-R-S-O-N-A. It's as in the persona of someone who is a furry fan. Fursona. And they have a very good system for making anthropomorphic animals that you could use if you were to run this setting. The only other thing I can think of is that if you were to use the Palladium rules, of course, then use the After the Bomb rules to make, if you're running this with the Palladium rules, let's say, mm -hmm. use the After the Bomb rules made by the late, great Eric Wujic. Or just make up stuff. Yeah, you could, but I mean, there are people who are going to want their rules, and those are the two it's anthropomorphic much, animal rules sets that come to mind. It's much easier if you have something to base it off of. Right. Uh, John, do they do, are there furry character rules for Savage Worlds? Well, there's definitely a, making your own races. Um, are there furry Are there furry animal care, uh, actual supplements? Let me see. Savage Worlds. Uh, Remember, I've played Savage Rifts, but you are far more well-versed in it than I am, as is Bruce. Because if there's anything official about making anthros for Savage Worlds rules, he would know better than I would. If he would, yeah. But yeah. I, I suppose... The, making your own right, race... Yeah. race yeah. And it, it's in the Savage Rules main book, and just, I think in uh, the sci-fi and uh, superhero companions also. Right. Which are those three I have, and then the four Savage Rifts PDFs. Yeah, there's a couple threads about making your own furry races. But nothing on paper or in stone, okay. Nothing that I can see. Ah, okay. But that doesn't mean I, you know, I'm just doing a quick look right now. There, there may be, uh, there, there may be, uh, there may be other sources out there. But yeah, probably, if someone hasn't done it, there's definitely a lot of fan stuff out there you can work from. Oh, yeah. No, well, yeah, I got to actually... At Con of the Cobbs, cement a friendship with Sean Patrick Fannin. Yeah, it's not like I can call him and say, "Yeah, get get to work on this." No, I'm sure the people, if if it merits it, the people at Pinnacle would put something out like that, you know, in some form. So, okay, the shared worlds of Spyro the Dragon and Crash Bandicoot could prove to be a very interesting story verse setting for Fringeworthy campaigns. The vast difference in tech level and in type of character could provide a very broad-ranging place for a Unita Idet to adventure in, ranging from a medieval society of anthropomorphic animals with high magic use 
and some clockwork tech to a sprawling human empire where they're, via technomagic, genetically engineering animals and turning them into anthros. Obviously, with this setting, with this broad range, it would take a lot of time to explore said setting because you start out in the Spyro part of it. And then in order to find out Crash Bandicoot and its various characters, you would have to travel far beyond the portal, which we have placed in an alt alt of positive 60 comma 4. Your mileage may vary, as we say. If you wanted to do this shared universe, you could put it on a prime if you deem, oh, yeah, well, it fits here, and then go about it that way. Thank you again, Pixie, for researching this. And I know that your, re- as you said, your research fit more toward the Spyro part than the Crash Bandicoot part. But we seem to have, with the information from Wikia, pieced together enough of a game setting spark yes, for it could be usable. Yes, yes, for all of our listeners out there to go, okay, well, we've got this, and this is what they said on the podcast. Boom, boom, boom. I have this game system. Boom, boom, boom. Done. So we hope that we've given you at least lit a little fire underneath you guys to get you to go about fleshing this out. If you do, by all means, contact oh. contact us. Please, yes. Yeah. And I mean, John's the one that usually monitors all of our various things, which I'm about to mention. But I do look in on the Fringe where the RPG fans Facebook page. Um. Of course, you know, Bureau 13 page, fans of the TriTech, uh, Bureau 13 agents everywhere. The fans of the TriTech podcast page on Facebook. The Google Plus groups. John is really big into monitoring those. I believe our Yahoo groups are still used. Still used? Uh, they're still active. Okay. Our Yahoo groups, um, by all means, on iTunes, since a lot of people download this podcast on iTunes, leave comments there. And, of course, on the Podbean, Podbean site, there it's late. I'm on vacation. Tritechsystems.podbean.com. Leave comments. As I said, John, that's kind of his job to monitor all this. Josie and I will be more than happy to answer any you know particular questions that you guys might have. And if this works out, by all means, let us know because we will be more than glad to give you further information on this. And I didn't think that this setting combined. I had no idea that these characters had met. Again, video games are more Pixie's forte. So yeah, when she told me this was a shared universe, I was like, oh, okay, this has a lot of potential. I've worked worked this into a shared universe. Well, because the games, the characters have met, therefore you could, technically it is. They, I mean, they, they have their separate adventures, but technically now it is a shared canon. So, yes, especially with their addition into Skylanders, I didn't bring Skylanders into this because that would have been a whole different can of worms you would have opened. It's a whole different can of worms. Is that something you might tackle in the future, given enough information? I might. Because now that I've looked more into Skylanders, the Spyro that appears there seems to be a cross between his original series and Legendary Se- Legend of Spyro series versions. Okay. And the fact that Crash Bandicoot and Neocortex are in it now. Okay, so... 
I may a do possible a, blurb here. A possible. I, I may do Skylanders at a later date. Obviously, this will take a lot more research because I've seen a lot of different I characters. Yeah, I have all of the games as of right now, though, and enough so. figurines to coat a school bus. Anyways, not yet. Yeah, and it also, from what I've seen, Skylanders and in, in some uh, actual play episodes, it seems to be a bit more steampunk than anything else, too. Okay, well, as I as I said, folks, with all the various groups I mentioned on Facebook, Yahoo, Google the Podbean site and iTunes. Any questions you have, any results if you guys run this setting based on what the three of us have told you tonight, let us know. Feedback, feedback, feedback is very important for this podcast because that helps us not only help you, but it also helps us with further topics and episodes. We will have more for you next week. But until then, This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be having your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.